You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back into a one-off Wednesday edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast here on WEEI for Odyssey Sports and 2400 Sports. I am WEEI.com's Mike Cadlick, joined by none other than Andy Jumbo Hart, another one of my WEEI.com friends and pals and host of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. Uh, We are in, I don't want to call it a rush because we're still going to give you the best and most uh, enjoyable Six Rings content possible, but we're squeezing this thing in because we are then heading down to Foxborough to uh, meet with and press conference around with Gerard Mayo, Patriots head coach, and his newly appointed coordinators, Alex Van Pelt, Demarcus Covington, and Jeremy Springer down in Foxborough. So we're going to quickly bring this to you. We won't do any more intros. Uh, I'm not going to ask Andy how he's doing because we're getting right into the debate here. Because yesterday on Twitter, and let me pull up the tweet just for reference on those and everybody uh, listening in, there was a little bit of a uh, conversation, debate type of thing yesterday uh, on the Twitter sphere going around about what the Patriots should do at uh, the number three overall pick. And I'm sorry if it's not pulling up. I'm trying to show it on screen. Um, oh, yeah. There it is. I see it. Okay, cool. All right, so here it is. It was from Matt Miller of ESPN at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter, posed his take on what the Patriots should do. He said they should not draft a quarterback at number three overall. The roster is not ready for a rookie quarterback, and it would set whoever they pick back. This is not the Houston Texans of last year with a Hall of Fame left tackle and solid supporting cast. This is closer to the Carolina Carolina Panthers with – uh, Bryce Young last year and what we saw on how that worked out was no bueno. So Patriots, as we know, have the number three overall pick. Andy, I know that you have been all over them taking quarterback. I would agree because I think it's the most important position. Um, and again, it sparked this debate of where this team is at and if they need a quarterback or if they need to build elsewhere. So you haven't liked the discourse on it. You brought up the topic for this one off Wednesday. You set the stage on Twitter a little bit. So Let's hear your take on this whole debate and co- sort of where the Patriots are quarterback-wise and what you want them to ultimately do. So you know how I work on Twitter. I don't generally hold back. So I responded yep. or retweeted. I don't know. I did something with Matt Miller. Um, basically to disagree and said, yep. you know, I've been hearing this since I heard the same thing when the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, that they weren't ready for a quarterback. It was dumb to draft Joe Burrow. 
and Bengals have been to an AFC title game, a Super Bowl, and, and all those things since then in a relatively short period of time, and they handed him a boatload of money and all that. Right. Um, and then Matt Miller, I thought, kind of responded to that by moving the goalposts a little bit, and he said, sure, if it was Caleb Williams, that would make sense, but those, and I'm like, well, we'll time out then. So are the Patriots QB ready or not? Right, right. I, you're making it about the quarterback. If you don't like Jaden Daniels or Drake May, the guy that's available at three, then obviously don't draft him. Don't force it when you say this guy's a bust. They're all like, I am 90% sure this guy's a bust. Don't take him. But you said you'd pass on a quarterback sort of philosophically right, because right. the team isn't ready. And I disagree with that because, first of all, we can debate how ready the Texans were. They were so ready that they were picking at the top of the draft. Like, that's how ready they were. And they actually got some injection of talent in the draft by Will Anderson and Tank Dell being really good players. But Right. Their, their wide receiver core, like Nico Collins last year, that was the first year he ever played well in Houston. And I've always and what liked changed? him. But what right, changed? Exactly. Bingo. You got the quarterback. Tank Dell was a rookie. Like, it, right. it was. Okay. Yeah. And guess what? The Patriots will have the 34th pick to potentially bring a Will Anderson type now not as good but sure. another impact rookie and then a third round pick like Tank Dell that could be I don't know a target for said quarterback you take and you may go oh their offense looks a lot better they look more QB ready now that they have a QB and those two other rookies that they drafted so and I will say I'm not like angry about this it is an ongoing debate there's some people that are a little douchey in their tone about it's so stupid to draft a quarterback you got to build a roster right. like Okay, that's whatever. Sounded a lot like Rush. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and just to be uh, fair, Mass Live, I think Mark Daniels mm -hmm. actually asked this basic question to Lewis Riddick from ESPN, who is also friend of Bill Belichick. Also, at one point, was perceived as Josh McDaniels' hand chosen GM if Josh yeah. was going to San Francisco. So, a person in the know who may be a, a NFL GM someday basically said you draft the damn quarterback it's quarterback it's too important right and that's how i like so i got in a back and forth on twitter with lots of people um guess uh i believe jumbo fart hasn't looked at the number three overall quarterback since 99 what the f does that have to do with anything yeah, right. because some guy went 10 years ago and sucked that's so stupid that you're right i haven't looked at it because it's not relevant to the conversation the only thing that's relevant that changes the discussion from a philosophy to an act is what you think of the quarterbacks. If there is now, I have told you, I, after I've sort of done my superficial work, which I admit is superficial because I think the big, I just talked with, with Gresham Fourier about this to me, the biggest issue with quarterbacks is I would love to sit down and spend a weekend with them and right. have dinner, do meetings, do like pick their brain, um, watch them drive to see if they're hotheads. Like I would like to do my own personal analysis right. of their, but we don't get to do that. We watch tape. We read interviews. We watch interviews. That whole thing. It, the mentals, whatever, a wild card. But I think Caleb Williams is by far the best player in the draft. I would take him number one overall. And we may get into whether we would trade to take him number one overall. We can talk about I that. Wanna, but I want to bring that up because okay. ESPN and Field Aids did something on yep. that this morning. So, And I'm also, I, I think Jaden Daniels is the second best quarterback and I think Drake May is the third best quarterback. I get less sure about them as I go down my ranking. That's how rankings work. If I felt right. more sure, I'd move him up a spot. And I, that's how that, that works. Um, I <laughs> think you. there's a, Thank you. I think, but for me, there's a dramatic divide between those three and the next tier of J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. 
I've seen other people now, um, and I'm not trying to not give them credit. I just don't remember where I read it on Twitter. But this idea that really it's Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, then the the next one is May, but May is closer to Bo Nix. Okay, so we have a debate. But that has nothing to do with team is QB ready or not QB ready or philosophically you draft a QB or philosophically you build a roster. That's just you saying that guy's not that good. He's not worth the third pick. Um, so that's where I stand. If there is a player that you think, and I also believe quarterback's so important. Like if you legitimately stack your board mm-hmm. and you have your third, let's just say Jaden Daniels is gone and Caleb Williams is gone. Drake may is available. And on your board, Drake may is the sixth best prospect. I take him in an effing heartbeat. He's a quarterback. Yeah, right. It's worth it. The, the juice is worth the squeeze or whatever you want to call there. If he's your 26th best prospect, oh, now we need to pause. Now we need to talk about right. and, and where that exact line is, where take him at three, it's worth it, or don't. Then you have to start to also um, assess where he's going to go if you don't take him. How far could I trade down and maybe still get him? Or is somebody going to trade up and get him right after me? And that, But if you think the quarterback is anywhere close to worth the third pick in the draft – I don't care if you had a roster of none, literally had none. Right. I'd like to start. That's with where you build it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Right. I'm sorry. Totally, I'm rambling. Go ahead. No, you're good. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So I don't know how much of a debate this really will end up being, but I also think just that talking about this team being quarterback ready and you likened it to the, uh, the Houston Texans of last year where they really weren't that ready, but they brought in Stroud and he, you know, reinvigorated yes. this whole thing and his like, his skill set, and you know, you bring in two guys this year, or last year rather, and Will Anderson and Tank Dell. Nico Collins improves along with the better quarterback play. Like that's the kind of stuff you need. And so when I look at the Patriots specifically, like, and Miller says, and you know, we've all sort of said that this roster, especially on offense, is sort of bare bones. But their defense is set up, is set up to succeed right now. They're almost like an off season away and do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl next year absolutely not but as far as where they're going to rebuild this team and how they're going to do it like they have a pretty much a foundation um as far as and and it's a rebuild but there's a foundation there you talk about Elliot Wolf and Gerard Mayo sort of having say of the roster and you know Mayo's there and he's been there and then like I mentioned the defense but like I look offensively and being an offseason away yes there are a lot of holes but they're holes that you're going to fill and you can fill this year because the defense is already set up. So you don't really have to worry about the defense this offseason. You can go spend money in free agency on a wide receiver. You can trade for a wide receiver. You could sign a tackle. You can re-sign Mike Unwenu. You can franchise tag Hunter Henry if you want. You can use your first three picks on a franchise quarterback, another tackle, and a wide receiver. And all of a sudden, you have a real foundation to rebuild this thing pretty quickly. And when the Panthers tried to do that with Bryce Young. They just didn't rebuild well enough. Like the Texans and the Panthers were in the same spot last year. They were neck and neck the worst team in football. Nick Casario rebuilt the thing better than I can't remember who the GM in Carolina, Scott Fitterer, I think, off the top of my head. Yep. So, like, yeah, that's kind of that's how I look at it, right? You there are two ways of looking at this, but the way you said it is perfect. If you're gonna start a team from scratch you're probably going to pick the quarterback first because that's the most important position. So and we're, you're, you're at the top of the draft, take him at three. Like If you like him. Again, you said, like, don't take Drake May if 
you're not convinced that he's the star quarterback, but, oh, he's the third best on everybody else's board. Like, no, use your board, figure it out, bring in this Alonzo Highsmith new age scouting that, you know, you bring it in post-Belichick and use that, cook with gas, and make it work. So that's kind of my rant and rave about it. And the other issue here is the Matt Millers of the world. The roster on February, what do say, the 21st, is different than it'll be draft night significantly like right. i just so i just pulled up my buddy phil perry who on his podcast did like an eight point plan thing mm-hmm. and i look at it and i don't know how realistic this is but he put it out there he's a relatively astute respectable reporter on the patriots beat so i'm going to sure. say like this is a thing sign calvin ridley re-sign mike on wenu sign jonah williams re-sign hunter henry sign jacoby Brissett, and then he has actually danelle hunter and kendall fuller and kyle duggar but so you don't think the offense looks a little different if you sign Jonah Williams to play tackle, Mike on when was back to play right tackle. You, you got Hunter, Hunter Henry, you added a one slash two receiver in Calvin Ridley to Demario Douglas. And this doesn't even mention the other draft picks. So you add a quarterback to that and then right. you add a lineman or whatever, or a wide receiver. Now, if you have Jonah Williams and Mike on maybe the third or fourth pick is a wide receiver an impact wide receiver to, join Calvin Ridley right huh. if a CJ Stroud caliber rookie quarterback joins that roster I think you'll have some offensive success or have the potential now maybe sure. Alex Van Pelt the scheme I don't know that's the next step in it right so to just say that the cupboard is bare guess what most teams that pick in the top three to five picks in the draft have significant needs that's why they're picking in the top three right. to five picks in the draft but my bigger picture philosophical question issue here is always and i argue with people this all the time and no one seems to get it i got into a fight with fitzy the other day because he's like yeah they lost because of it in the super bowl a lot of teams lately with the burrows and the mahomeses have lost super bowls because their line sucked they're in the super bowl they're in the (laughs) biggest game the final game that's how much their line sucked with a franchise quarterback right like i'd love to lose the super bowl because my line actually Circa 2007, a very good offensive line lost a perfect season because they sucked that day. In yeah, the that pass game. rush and uh, the Giants' pass rush was the best I've freaking Absolutely. ever seen. Right. So that could happen to good lines or bad lines, but I've never. Uh, who is I was this? I was watching timeout just to off track of what we just talked about. I I was watching the Dynasty, the the newer episodes coming out, and they do the the 2007 Super Bowl. Justin Tuck, OC Uvinora, Michael Strahan. How was that? How was that team only like nine and seven, and was like the last seed in the draft or in the uh, playoffs rather? Because that Giants off a defensive line was absolutely absolutely. Filled. They yeah. had the, they called it NASCAR, I think, yeah. at the time. Their NASCAR front, yep. and they could Sorry, dominate games. Didn't mean to cut you off. But. No, no, no. And but so I can give you a number of examples lately of elite QBs and piss poor lines going to the Super Bowl. Can you give me examples of elite? Um, lines slash rosters and piss poor quarterbacks going to the Super Bowl. Piss poor quarterbacks nope. don't go to the Super Bowl. Because even whatever you think of Brock Purdy, he had a good season. He was an MVP candidate or right. whoever you want to throw out Rex there. Rex Grossman with the I mean that's the the last team that I can think of with like, like a truly and he was like pretty good though and he was pretty good that year. Like he was right. playing pretty good football. So like yeah you need the guy you need the quarterback it's that simple. And, and you have an opportunity to get the quarterback. And then the next layer to this, and this is a um, 
a dangerous layer, I guess I'll term it, is the idea that next year, and this is always dangerous one way or the other, but mm-hmm. next year is not a good quarterback draft. So if you don't draft a quarterback, what what would you say your long-term plan is? Because yeah, now right. you need a quarter. Are you doing Jimmy Garoppolo for multiple years? Because I don't actually think Baker Mayfield's a legitimate option. Your boy, Rick Stroud, sounds like he's all in he's just yeah i know i i use that uh sort of uh the franchise tag that with anton winfield to frame it into maybe the patriots get right now and stroud and he ripped it and not not ripped it i mean he's plugged in down there so he understands what's happening and it sounds like baker and tampa are sort of on the same page where they don't even have to franchise tag him because he's just going to sign back there so and i know there's others russell wilson kirk cousins i don't think i don't want that i don't want i don't either the only one you can talk me into is baker the only one. You yeah, I would agree. Others. I mean, out of necessity, you may have to go that route, depending on how things play out. Um, but that's an issue here, like because that's part of what is it? Minnesota, Atlanta, other teams looking at next year's draft like, oh, shoot, if we want a quarterback, we're probably gonna have to trade up this right. year to get a quarterback. So and I know that may increase your value at number three as the last quarterback on the top tier board, whatever. But you need a quarterback. It's as Lewis Riddick. And I think he actually spelled his name wrong in the story, Mark Daniels. I think he <laughs> called him Lewis Reddick. Isn't it Riddick? R-I-D-D-I-C-K. Yeah, editor might want to update yeah. that story. All right. Um, it happens. So, hey, we've all done it. We've all oh, done yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, uh, spell check is much needed on the back end of WEI.com for, for my sake. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we're actually getting a lot of interaction um, a little bit on the side here. So Fields okay. seems available. Would you sign him and draft Maserati Marv? Well, first of all, you'd have to trade for him. You couldn't just yeah. sign him. Um, I know there's this idea you could get him for the 34th pick, or it might take a second round pick and something else. Um, so that's one trade option. And then the other we need to address, as we sort of referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you don't love Drake May possibly falling to three, you're only two spots away from number one. And we just said physically, Caleb Williams is a phenom. He can yep. do it all. He's, you know, my comparisons. Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes. Um, Jaden Daniels is Lamar Jackson. And Drake May is Josh Allen. And by the way, I was a little curious on the Josh Allen one. And now I heard people on ESPN comparing him to Josh Allen. So you heard it on six rings first, you MFers out there. Um, So trading up to one then, if they want to do this, right? And I'm I'm reading this is from Field Yates on ESPN today. And they did sort of a Bears-centric, which, by the way, Justin Fields just apparently revealed on a podcast why he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. I don't know if you saw that. No, no, why? I don't know. It's not. I have to listen to it. So if you want to ramble, I can listen to it, or we can want to try and listen to it here. No, I'm not sure that's a great idea. Can you hear? What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it, because people, why do people take social media so seriously? (laughs) <laughs> but like, well, why are you why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with That's us. True. So he unfollowed the Bears in the NFL because he doesn't want football on his Instagram timeline. So breaking news: that's why Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. That's a lie. That is a lie. Anyway, uh, let's get to the trade talks because. I want him less now that I heard that. At least be a man. Stand up. Be a man and say, because I'm not going to be a bear very soon. I don't want to be a bear. They don't want me. I want to go elsewhere. But don't pussyfoot through it. You actively had to go in and do it. And by the way, 
they're the Bears. They're your. T- they're not posting anything like anti Justin Fields. Yeah, right. They actually like posted something about Justin Fields like a couple weeks ago, like yeah. touting him almost. So yeah, that's right. So that makes no sense. He's a liar. I don't want my quarterback to be a liar. All right. So then you don't want Justin Fields, but you may want to trade up for Caleb Williams. Would you trade the number three pick, the number thirty four pick, and next year's first for number one? Yeah, I'd be scared, but yeah. <laughs> I think I would. I mean, again, we talk about the being convicted in who you want at quarterback, and if you're sitting there at three and the first two go and you liked the other two more, that means you're not that sold on three. Not that you're not that sold, but it's it's your third choice, right? And if you want number one that bad and you have full conviction in Caleb Williams being your guy, I would do it. Because your hope – and again, the, the first-round pick next season – Look, if you stink this year, like the, the Panthers got screwed with this, and that's why the Bears have the number one pick right now. They traded next year's first for Bryce Young. They stunk, and they still stink, and now they can't use their one because it's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But if, again, if you're convicted in that quarterback and you take Caleb Williams, you expect to be competing for the postseason as soon as next year, right? Just like the Houston Texans did. So maybe that's only a mid-round pick. And, yeah, of course you'd want it, but you want the quarterback that much more. So I think I would do the trade. And that also ties a little bit into, I know we're all fixated and absolutely not says Jeff Stenberg. I need those other solid draft picks to rebuild. Don't forget you have money. I'm going to go back to my buddy, Phil Perry's plan where he solidified the two tackle spots, kept a veteran tight end and added a wide receiver via free agency. So you're a better offense and maybe we can salvage some of the other stuff, right? Like maybe, the new coaching staff, new whatever, will get more out of either Parker or Juju. Maybe they like one of them right. and as a three. Calvin Ridley's your one. Demario Douglas is your slot, your two. And then one of those others is in a lesser role but can give you production to sort of spread out. Or you draft a guy in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, right. I don't know. You might have heard of Puka Nakua had a pretty good rookie <laughs> year out of the fifth round. So uh, if you do it right, if you draft right, you can still get guys later in the draft. So I was. This just hit me. You know what I think my favorite move would be? What's that? Trade up to number one. Okay. And take one of the Drake other two May. quarterbacks. Yeah. I. I yep. Have conviction, Bingo. but like, no, no, no. We're so sold on this guy. We need to get him. We're even going to pass on the guy that everybody else says is the generation. Now it's ballsy. You, it could blow up in your face. That guy mm-hmm. could be Mitchell Trubisky, and you're looking like back at it and saying, like, wait a minute, those people got actual behind us um, great quarterbacks. But because it's the anti-Mac, right? Oh, he just fell at 15, and we took him at 15, and that's fine. And then people criticize them. Why don't you trade up if you actually wanted him? How'd you risk it? Because um, Caleb Williams feels dangerous. It feels yep. like a dangerous pick. It just it feels like it could go horrifically wrong with his diva nature and what he wants to be or he and Patrick Mahomes face off in the AFC title game for five straight years or something (laughs) like um but I think in like a crazy um fictionalized kind of way maybe my favorite thing would be if they traded up to one and took a different Jaden Daniels or Drake May right I like that because again it shows you that no this is actually who we want it's like when uh it's a little different because quarterbacks went in like Trubisky and Deshaun Watson, but sort of when, or no, it was actually before Watson, but when the Chiefs went up and got Patrick Mahomes, it was like, we don't care. We have a quarterback in Alex Smith. 
We only sit at the 25th pick, but I want to trade all the way up to number 10 and take Patrick Mahomes because this is who I like. I don't care what you think. And John Dorsey took a lot of heat for that at the time. Don't forget. Like that front office was like, everyone was like, what are you doing? You have Alex Smith. You just made the playoffs three, four straight years, whatever it was. Why are you going to get Patrick Mahomes? And Dorsey was like, no, I think I can work with this guy. I like him a lot. What do you know? He's the best quarterback in football. So I, I like that. I think, again, if you're sold on Drake May, don't risk another team jumping to go get him. Just trade up to number one and, and make him your man. So uh, I'm with you. You need the quarterback. You need to be convicted in it, obviously. So before we get going, uh, well, Jeff Stenberg would take Cadillac at quarterback at this point. Anyone but Mac is fun. I don't know about that. I that. wouldn't. He's lefty. I hate lefty. I lefties. was going to say, yeah, it's tough. It looks different. You got to you gotta train your mind. The got a river sided in your head, and I'm not capable. Yeah, it's no good. So I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so that's that. That's the quarterback discussion. Before we get out of here on this quick hitter six rings, Andy, uh, we're logging off to go meet with the Patriots' new co- uh, coordinators for the first time. We're heading off to Foxborough this afternoon. We're going to meet with Gerard Mayo. And then Alex Van Pelt, Demarcus Covington, and Jeremy Springer are all going to uh, speak for the first time as Patriots. So what are you looking forward to? What do you want to hear from these guys? Um, it's just an intro press conference, so it's going to be probably a little relatively cookie cutter. But what do you want to hear from these guys? Can you be swayed one way or another as far as uh, what they have to say today? Uh, I wouldn't say swayed. First of all, not to be disrespectful, the only guy I really care about is Van Pelt. Yeah, I think um, that's most. Demarcus Covington. Because we know Covington. I know. Well, I know him. I have faith that he's a good young coach, but I also realize he's working under Gerard Mayo. So, like, I don't know what exactly his role and say will be in all of that. Um, But Alex Van Pelt, you know, I didn't love the hire. Um, And I also didn't necessarily love the video put out where he said he's going to marry up his scheme to his talent and personnel and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you don't have any right now. So you're just going to twiddle your thumbs until like May 1st. So that's a question I'd like to hear kind of answered. Like you, you, you referenced marrying it up to your personnel, but your personnel, some will arrive in March. Some will arrive in late April. How do you build the offense? What are the base bones of the offense? What do you want to do on just a real basic structural level? I guess sure. um, maybe an expand uh, ex- more expansive answer on his dedication to the run game. Like, mm-hmm. are you, do you see the run game in a Tennessee style with like Derrick Henry is the offense? Or are you talking a run game in more of a 49ers Miami style where they run the ball a lot? People don't realize it because they fixate on the Debo's and the Tyree kills and the Waddles. There's that more what you're doing where it's like, sure, you're kind of setting up the passing game more with your running game. So that's something uh, I'm interested in. And then Fourier wants me to ask him, and I don't know how to tiptoe into this with, and I don't really want to be an a-hole the first yeah. time I meet him, but my question that I've had for a while, like you called plays in Buffalo in 09 in a league where they give out play calling jobs on offense, like their candy on Halloween. Why did it take you another 15 years to get a play? calling job? I think there's a way to say it that doesn't involve the Halloween candy, uh, but I, <laughs> I mean, again, it's, it's a fair question. Like, and as much as, as an a-hole, I guess you could sound saying it like that. I don't know. I know you're, so you're going to ask it. What? <laughs> you're gonna ask it you if said it's can, a fair question yeah we can frame it right so i mean again how do you say it you, you've called maybe you just called, you haven't called plays in a long time how much have you been looking forward to this yeah. opportunity and and do you really know why it took so long see i t- the tone was much better yeah. there and so much where better. see the thing is he coached in cleveland and then before that was he in green bay 
Yes. So he's essentially just worked under head coaches who call the plays. So I might be kind of answering the question for him. Yeah, but couldn't you have gone somewhere else? Like, Yeah, of course. Have, yeah. Couldn't you have run your own offense somewhere? I mean, in the NFL, if you want to fast track your career, it's the offensive side of the ball seems to be the fast track toward right. getting head coaching jobs and, you know, go spend a year with McVay or, or Shanahan and try to fluff up your resume. But to me, it's all wanting to see him. I, right. I really don't know anything about the Springer guy. And I don't want to say I don't care, but I don't care. <laughs> it's special teams. Special teams died yesterday in New England when Matthew Slater retired, unfortunately. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Chad a, Ryland. What are you going to do with it? They, yeah. they, they drafted last year. Huh? How do you go about fixing a kicker who struggled as a rookie? It's a good point. No, that's true. There's a lot, a lot of interesting. I mean, again, even Springer seems like a little bit of a vibes guy to me. Like, and I know that, you know, people talked about his, his presence and his, I don't want to call it loudness, but he's sort of a, maybe a teacher, but more so just like a, a motivator similar to what Gerard Mayo is. And so I think that that hire was a, you know, you, you looked at him and you, you liked him as a, as a person and as a coach, but he's going to lean on the guys around him. Like that Tom Quinn, who's their assistant special teams coach who they announced the hiring of the other day. He's been an assistant coach for 17 seasons in the NFL. So I'm not going to say that he is, well, you don't like that. I do like that. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. You can lean on a guy like that who has experience in the league for 20 years. It's my Valix Van Pelt thing. It's a league where careers fast track more now than they used to. Yeah, I guess, but all right, then make Tom Quinn your head coach. I don't know. I'm just saying that I think Springer will be okay. I feel like I'm, that's the um the the wide receiver prospect version of he's really good at contested catches. Well, why are they always contested? What how come he never just gets open and beats people? I, I, I hear like a lot of people saying uh guys like uh is I believe it's Keon Coleman uh from Florida State. Yeah good contested catch guy. Um yeah. there's another one I can't remember it's another one of those second tier wide receivers and it's like oh someone's gonna go take him at number 32 and it's like the last time a contested catch wide receiver went at number 32 was New England Patriots and Nikhil Harry, and that didn't work out. So and if you and take talk, the right one, it works yeah, out. Right? Yeah. And that's, I'm, I'm, so I, the overall, the coaching staff, and that's where you kind of started, just like reaction to the coaching staff. I don't have yeah. a strong reaction to the coaching staff. Yeah, okay. I, I like Dante Hightower. I like that idea. I don't know if it'll work. I don't, you know, the commitment and all of that that goes into the coaching. But the, the energy and the idea of having some of those guys around, especially with Troy's role a little bit, um, up in the air, I guess, at mm -hmm. this point. Um, but to me, it's all about Van Pelt and by extension, McAdoo. But I also sure. wonder, is there a chance for that to go wrong too? Like Van Pelt's calling the plays. It's Van Pelt, the coordinator. The offense blows. And in like the first week of November, Ben McAdoo is taking over play calling for the New England Patriots. And I feel I like know. that's always a bad sign. Like that's... Right. Or what, I, if, I, what if he just... What if Van Pelt still doesn't call the plays? Do we even know that he plans on calling the plays? Maybe McAdoo is going to call the plays from the jump. You know, you never know. There, maybe TC McCarthy. Like true. this, we don't even. Know, and again, it's it's safe to assume because he's the OC. But maybe they have a different plan. So that's what I'm going to ask him too. Today. We should probably ask that. Yeah, we'll ask him if he plans on calling the plays. When you you yeah you are you calling plays because Ben obviously has a lot of experience with right. it, blah 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 like all that. We'll I hope if out. he goes into a Belichickian, well. There's the words of the play call, but it's yeah. really not about. Remember that whole effing fiasco. Or when he just know? simply said, "Well, we don't know who's going to call the plays, and that doesn't matter right now." Like, uh, right. yeah, it does because you're in the middle of minicamp practice and you're, you know, practicing who's going to be Correct. in the quarterback's ear. 
And I don't think he will. This whole regime seems different. First of all, it sounds yeah. like we're going to be at like a social with these guys and rubbing elbows, not all right. at a press conference. So, um, which I think is calculated and they're trying to buy our coverage and get oh, kind of yeah. coverage for the first oh, two months yeah. of the season. So, yep. um, which is fine. I don't care. You can yeah, buy I'm with it. Be nice it'll, to it'll me. Fun. So yeah. let's go do it. Let's do it. Let's go meet him. All right. Let's have fun. And let's draft so, a quarterback. Yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback too. So that's our take on the Patriots QB ready. That's what we're looking forward to this afternoon heading down to Foxborough. Me and Andy are headed down there now. We'll be back later on with a reaction pod of some sorts. Won't be live, but we'll have it up on the Six Rings feed. So make sure you rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, the Six Rings and football things. A reminder that we're sponsored by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com. Uh, I believe FanDuel.com slash Six Rings. Is that still live, Andy? I think cool. so, but I haven't checked. Well, try it out. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings. If you haven't bet, sign up for an account and uh, go check us out there. So we'll be back. Thanks for listening. Uh, Andy, we will see you soon and uh, talk to you soon. So everyone, thanks for listening. Adios. Keep reviewing, subscribing, and we will talk to you next time. See you.